Okay, I don't know what's going on. I think we're going to have to stop the show. This is going to be a safety issue if it keeps going into the finale. Backstage, are you there? Stand by for an all hold. With house lights to full and sound for God, Mike. Backstage, can I get a confirmation that you're in position to hold the actors? Stage management for backstage, can I get a confirmation? Christ, who is texting? What do you mean you can't hear me? Whose number is this? Hello? Backstage, are you hearing me now? Our comms dead. What's going on? In Carcosa, the queen grows weary of worldly games. What? When we last left the agents of Arsel, they had a very interesting encounter at the cemetery. Hmm. Cemetery seems to be a key place. Ari had an encounter, or was it just all in his mind, with a fellow dressed in robes with a fancy crown? They learned a bit about the Peter's Mausoleum, and then were ushered out by the kindly groundskeeper. They headed back to the coffee shop nearby, where there was a bit of gastric discomfort. Figuring out where they need to head next, Arcel sits in mugs and kisses, trying to figure out where their next move is going to be. Well, I don't know about y'all, but I am not comfortable staying in here for much longer. Why don't we go get some sunshine, in as much as there's any sunshine in San Francisco? Well, we got a chance. It's winter. That's fair. Agreed. Let's get out of here. Yeah. Megan starts pushing mugs aside and heading out the door. Yep. Yeah. When you take about seven steps away from the table, Ari, you look back and you see all of the mugs and glasses are empty. Yeah. Um, the cups and mugs are empty now, so we should definitely get going. Glance back to confirm. Yeah. I walk back to the table. Or not. They're empty. Shrugging, follow the rest of them. They did not refill as you came closer, no. They, they remained empty. That would have been a hell of a trick, right? Very much so. But for what it's worth, Ari, the rest of us saw it too. Which, to be fair, is better than most of the time. Well, yes. I mean, better being... <laughs> Relative, relative better being I relative. suppose. A very relative term there, yes. All right, let's, uh, yeah. Ron just shakes her head and walks out the door. So it sounds like we maybe want to get a look at that script that Veek had. Now that we have someone who is an expert in various manuscripts, seeing what the differences are might be very interesting. But getting it's going to be a bit of a trick. Well, where is it? I don't know for sure. But my best guess is that it's in a locked briefcase that Veek had. And I'm reasonably sure that the key to said briefcase is on the collar of the cat that lives there. And where is the briefcase again? 
in his bedroom, probably. Oh. You don't think you would have had it at the hotel with him? I mean, let's check the bedroom. Uh, let's find out. Rowan, you saw it. Right. Yeah, because it, it's on his laptop, which was inside the briefcase, which was locked. I just have one question. What's the cat's name? Captain Jack. The most important information that we got from that entire encounter, to be fair. Adorable cat. We're just going to have to, uh, you know, do a little cat catching, which uh, could go poorly. (laughs) I've got an allergy to cats. Uh, I think I'll stay in the car if we all go. Had a bad experience last time. Yeah. Well, all cats are adorable, and they're also evil horrors and murderers. The, the dichotomy of existence. I mean, what do you want me to do exactly? I don't really know cats. I had a fish growing up. Well, we'll need you once we get a hold of, of the script, but... Okay. Okay. Okay, do you like cats? I, I mean, sure. That's a problem, because... As long as they don't eat my fish? Because they always go and sit on the lap of the person that doesn't like them. So, Ross, you might have to come in after all. I'd prefer for them to not launch the cat across the room with a sneeze. Just saying. Yeah, I'm... I think you'll be fine. I will say, Veek has a lot of iconography of the king in his room. Okay. And we're okay on getting into his room. Um, Yeah, so we were able to get in... We, we spoke to one of the housemates, and he let us take a look inside. I think if we come back saying, um, we really need to look into this because we found another clue, and it would help us, actually, if we had the text of the script, we might be able to, to get to the briefcase pretty easily. I, they seem like good people, so I think if we're just honest with them about our needs, they'll, they'll let us have what we need, and... and uh, Rowan was, was allowed to take photos, if I recall correctly, of, of Johan's room yeah, the, already. So Yeah, the symbols on the wall and the statue that was yeah. in there. So it's it's just going to be... Uh, <laughs> I think it'll be easier to appeal to the people, but we do have to make sure we uh, catch the cat. I don't remember if the cat liked me or not, but I feel like the cat was around me. So there's a possibility that... The cat will be friendly with me since I'm already known. Oh, yeah, no, the, the cat came and plopped on your lap, don't you remember? Evidently not. So you don't like cats? I I love cats. <laughs> cats are great. Um, <laughs> they usually ignore me. So, uh, yes, it's coming back to me. I believe I was not going to be able to move. So that's how Rowan wound up searching solo. <laughs> I mean, someone, someone has to keep the real uh, ruler of the house happy. Yes. All right, let's uh, let's go have a chat with them. You hail the nearest ride share that allows for the amount of people that you're in. It's one of those new automated vehicles, self-driving style. It's a bit awkward and weird getting in, and there's no driver, but you hear an automated voice. Welcome. Have a seat. Buckle up. And here we go. Kind of sounds a little bit like Mario. Did they just take a cross-section of all of the rideshare drivers in the Bay Area? It's pretty universal, actually. It gets a bit scary as a fire 
engine cuts in front of traffic, cross traffic, and the automated vehicle doesn't seem to stop as immediately. But it does stop far enough away, but close enough that your knuckles go white as you grab hold of any of the, uh, the oh shit handles. After all we've been through, I am not dying in a self-driving vehicle. God damn it. <laughs> you make it to sunset near Ocean Beach, near the nice apartment. You're about a block away, and at the stop sign, a guy in a woven-style, like, harape hippie parka walks in front of the car and then puts a large orange cone on the front, flips you off, and then runs off down the street. You see the faraway alerts go on in the car and inside, please exit the vehicle as there is now an emergency. Please exit the vehicle as there is now an emergency. Watch for traffic, look both ways. Rowan is going to uh, get out of the vehicle, wait for her compatriots to also get out, and then pick up the cone and yeet it after the person. He's long gone, doesn't matter. You get an alert on your phone shortly thereafter. Ross, as you were the one that hailed it, you got a refund for the trip due to the unforeseen emergency. Well, silver lining, I guess. Wait, could that maybe have been, an, like, an activist? Again, because I know there's a lot of pushback against the self-driving cars trying to give us the money back and just end the trip. I don't think so. I'm not entirely sure they thought that far. Okay. I mean, probably an activist, but uh, the flipping us off makes me think that they consider us to be part of the bourgeoisie. Uh, yeah, also teenagers are like dicks, so it could have just been that. Yeah, there was one time I was driving in Oakland, personal vehicle, nice day, windows open, stopped at a stop sign, a group of teenagers ran up, threw a cup of milk in my car and ran. Teenagers are assholes. Yeah. You get to the walk up. And you hear uh, some faint noise coming from inside. I'll pause to listen and see if it sounds like a distress sound. You do hear a scream, and then you hear wet splashing sounds, and then piano-heavy music. Okay, so this is my brain? Does it sound like a fun time scream and splashing? No, it is not fun time sounds. Does it sound like a scary movie, slasher movie being watched? Yes. Okay. Go up and knock with a little bit less of the like immediate panic of, oh God, oh God, oh God. The music ends and the door opens a little bit and you see Morum standing there dressed in linen shorts and a t-shirt. Oh, hey, hey! How's it going? Hey, hanging in there. Um. Oh, hi, guys. Hi, folks. Have you met all the rest of the... We saw you guys at the stand-up? At the theater, yeah. yeah. That, the, the, the stand-up, where he does air quotes around it. That oh, was, was one of the weirdest things ever. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, accurate. Um. Oh, oh, come on in, come on in. Oh, thank you, thank you. What were you watching? Oh, it's a, it's a uh, Italian horror movie. Um, it's you know they're called Gaio movies. Very much outside of my uh, realm of experience, but sounds interesting. Yeah, it's uh, Gaiolo horror. Um, you know, ye yellow horror. Yeep. Of course it is. 
Uh, so this is our buddy Ari. I don't think you've met him yet. Hi. Hey, how's it going, man? I'm Morum. Morum? Oh, Morum. Where's that name from? That's cool. It's uh, it's it's an amalgamation of uh, uh, Krom and Moo. Do I have any idea what that means? Because Ben doesn't. Give me doesn't. a cult Please, no crit fail. Please, no crit fail. Uh, 34 out of 50. You recognize it as more of Sumerian from Robert E. Howard from Conan fame. Oh, cool. And uh, Ari, uh, I take it that uh, you're uh, one of the one of the tribe. Oh, yeah. No, I just have a hard time remembering names. So I, I like to know where they're from because it helps me remember. But yeah. Oh, no, I am. that's cool. Well, well, welcome. And uh, yeah, have a uh, I'm just watching a movie. Do you guys want anything to drink? I think that we're good on refreshments for the moment. Um, we actually are here on business. Oh. There's There's been a couple more clues, leads, whatever you want to call them, that oh. have come up. All right. And as much as I hate to ask, I think that we really need to have a look at the script of the play on his laptop. Oh, man, I... I truly hate to ask. I don't like violating privacy like that, but... Yeah, it's... But things are getting weird, and people are missing, and we think that the script may help us figure some stuff out. (sighs) All right. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, um, well... Yeah, you, you. I mean, the department isn't that big. I mean, I, you all can't fit in there. But yeah, go go ahead in. Go ahead into the the bedroom. Um, I'm sure Johan would be. You guys aren't going to steal anything and 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 sell it to any studios or anything, right? Absolutely not. I'm tr- I'm trusting you here. This is a. This is kind of kind of big. I truly appreciate the the trust and. If you want, we can bring things out here and you can watch what we're doing. Okay. Whatever helps, whatever makes you comfortable. Um, I don't know what's going to make me comfortable. I'm kind of uncomfortable right now. I understand. It's very much an uncomfortable situation. He starts the walk back toward the bedroom. Regan, Captain Jack eyes you from the top of the couch puts their front paws out and does a big stretch and yawns. Reagan is going to walk over and offer her hand for sniffs. Captain Jack headbutts your hand. We're going to give some scratches and we're going to rotate that little collar around. You get a nice back arch and big floofy tail and the purring sound is audible to everyone in the room. So... This is either going to be a criminology roll or a dexterity roll, whichever's higher. Okay, okay, hold that thought. Well, they're equal. That's fun. So what are they? Uh, 50 and 50. Go ahead and give me a criminology roll. Great. I like that. A 41 on a 50. 
you're able to get the collar off of Captain Jack, and with it, you have the key in hand. Captain Jack kind of looks around, does a bit of a shake, and if you could understand Cat, I'm naked. Reagan is just going to slip the key off and put the collar back on. I don't need to fully steal the collar. Unless Captain Jack is like, screw the collar and bolts, but like. Um, close to that. When you go to put the collar on, Captain Jack turns, looks at you and hisses. And you just see the, the claws come out of the paw. Okay, we're not gonna, we're not gonna move forward. We're just gonna like, oops, oop, sorry, sorry. Slowly puts the paw down and then backs up into you and starts to rub their butt on your shoulder. Okay, we can chill here. <laughs> Reagan will just continue to, to scritch Captain Jack and, and keep him around, and hopefully we can try and get the collar back on later. Who's all going to the back room? I know Rowan is. I will go with to avoid the cat. Okay. I'm pretty sure I'm getting taken that direction to look at whatever is in there. It's up to you, because Rowan is very much of the, look, if you need to see, I have pictures. And the laptop is coming out into the main room anyway. Ari's on going where he's told at this point. Yeah, if there's something to uh, investigate, I'm, I'm going. So I'll stay with Reagan, I guess. Yeah, that's a good idea. And watch the budding romance. So the four of you are in this narrow hallway. Rowan Morum opens up the door for you, and you see the room is exactly as you had left it. Except the bed is slightly more frumpled. Looks as though that that's where the cat had laid. Ah. I'm going to scan around looking for the briefcase. You see the briefcase. It's an older briefcase. Not too far from the bed and near the desk. Moving with purpose, but not moving quickly. I'll walk into the room and pick it up gently in both hands, handling it as if it is sacred to an extent. Okay. River, where you're at in the hallway, there is a large piece of art. It's a painting with the glass pane protecting the painting underneath. Give me an alertness roll, please. We're, we're working out this alertness thing. Yes, we are. Uh, 30 out of 58. You see, out of the corner of your eye, a handprint on the glass. You look at it a little bit closer and you realize the handprint's on the other side of the glass. It's a right handprint and there is a ring on the ring finger. Hmm. Well, that's funny. What's it a picture of? The painting itself is a strange abstract painting. It looks like it is a landscape, like a, a frozen tundra landscape with mountains that are very peaky. And it looks like there are people or a camp at a body of water. Morum is still in the front room? No, Morum is standing at the door to Johan's room. Um, Morum, this painting here. Uh, yeah, it's a row rich. Uh, a what? A row rich. Okay. Uh, a Russian, Russian painter. He did some, uh. Some fantastic stuff. Uh, Johan, Johan got, the, got one of the originals here. Have I heard of that? Go ahead and give me an occult roll. Everyone. 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 Oh, dear. 
Well, Reagan's currently Reagan's currently occupied um, with uh, yeah with Kitty Love. Sorry, wasn't Ari with Reagan? Yeah. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I got confused but it's, where we it, were. It, it, this apartment is big enough that when he mentions Rowrich, everybody could hear it. Okay. I got a 40 out of 39. Uh, 51 out of 16. 64 out of 16. Did did Reagan hear this? Yes. 22 out of 50. 80 out of 50. He was a Russian painter that was very heavily interested in hypnosis as well as transdimensional travel, astral projection. He eventually died in India as he was trying to find ways, like new forms of meditation. He was a spiritualist. I was just wondering about the way it's mounted here because uh, looks like somebody got a, got a handprint on the, on the inside of the glass. When you mention that, you actually see the handprint move and pull away. Wait. And two of them pop up, both hands. Give me a sanity roll. Okay. Told you the season, we're getting weird. 89 out of 58. Go to roll 1d4. Uh, you keep doing this to me. And I keep rolling four. Did you wish to push that off on anyone? I think I'm going to take this one. I probably shouldn't, but I'm going to. You get an uneasy feeling. You're 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 shook by this. Literally, you're quaking a little bit. Um, I want to try to see if I can remove the glass. It's a pretty big painting. You'll have to take the frame off the wall. Somebody give me a hand with this. I think there's uh never mind. Uh I I just want to see what's behind this glass. I'm going to get one look at his face and immediately pass the briefcase over to Ross and come over to help River. I get out of the way, go to the living room to join Reagan. There's a comfy seat next to her if you want to sit down. If not, you could put it down on the coffee table. I'm avoiding the cat. So you're going to stand? Yeah. Reagan, you do have the key in hand. She's going to hand it to Ross. I'll go ahead and start opening it. With a click, the suitcase opens and you see inside in a like a neoprene uh, laptop carrier, but you also see a bound copy that's annotated on top of it with the name The King in Yellow. It looks as though that he had printed out the script. Well, uh, I think we found the script and I'll look up and see what uh, River and Rowan are doing. This frame is heavy. And Morum is eyes are wide. He's like, hey, be careful. That's an original. I don't spare the effort to respond as I'm helping get this thing up off the wall because Rowan's quick, but she's not particularly strong. The two of you allow you put it down with ease and lay it down face first. And you see Morum's kind of wringing his hands. You sense his anxiety and a bit of anxiousness of the entire situation growing. It's palpable. River, what did you say? I look at Morum briefly and say, it looks like there's something trapped against the glass. I don't think so. All right. I'll look for a way to 
get the painting out of the frame as gently and carefully as possible. Does anyone have art? I have art theater. I have art journalism. Nope. Nope. Okay. Yeah, didn't think so. So, Ari and Reagan, since you do have basics of art, but it did focus otherwise, you do know how to take this painting out of its frame safely, and they're not doing it the right way. Especially, Ari, coming from the theater, you kind of have a, a pretty good idea of, of this. Oh, I, um, don't do that. You're gonna tear. Come and, come and help then. Okay. Go ahead and give me an art roll. Plus 20. Oh, well, odd eight out of 40 this way. You're able to take the backing off and then lift the painting. Like I said, it's a good size heavy painting. He painted oftentimes with oils on heavy stretched canvas. It's a nice painting. It's signed. Signed and on the back. When you remove the backing from the frame, you see that it is dated and numbered. This is three of seven. And River, you're looking at the glass that's on the floor. You see the handprints are still there, but they're not palm prints now. They're the backside of a hand. This could go very badly, but I am going to reach out and try to grab one of the hands. Your hand doesn't touch anything. Are you going to put it to the glass? Yes. Which hand? Uh, right hand. Your right ring finger, where the ring of his is, which you could see, burns where his ring is at. I will pull my hand back and look at it. You can see it because your wedding ring is on your left hand, or this is on the opposite hand. On your right hand, you see an indentation, and it's purple, almost as though a ring was too tight on your finger there. I'm going to hold that up and show it to Rowan. Take his hand in both of mine and look at it, turning it to see if there's any, like, I don't know, symbols that are pressed into the skin or anything like that. Nothing's pressed in the skin, but now that he pointed it out, you see the handprints as well. Ari, you see the handprints. Yeah, I'm not going near them. Ross, from where you're at, you see that this this handprint on the on the glass, even though you've got the paperwork here, you look over and the symbol looks very familiar. You've seen this symbol before. Sorry, the symbol's where? On the handprint? On the, yes, it looks like on the ring. Where have I seen this before? That Spanish book that you have. Wow, okay. I will make a mental note of that and bring it up to Reagan later because I don't know how much I've, I've told him to Rowan about this book. Okay. Morum, do you see anything on the glass right here? Uh, yeah. Anybody want any rum? Later. Not at the moment. And thank you. There's somebody trying to get out. I'm going to kind of lean and look a little bit and say to the handprints, Johan, if that's you, can you make a symbol? Any kind of signal? The hands disappear. You see a single fingerprint beginning to draw a spiral. Is that a yes or a no? And do you trust it? The spiral is stylized, and you recognize it 
as the same or very similar to the one that you'd seen in the room in St. Joseph's. Very similar to the one that was on Ross's forehead. Very similar to the one in the theater. Remember how I said that all the different versions, one of the things in it is always the yellow sign? Yes. Yeah. Kind of point at it. Is it meant to call or ward away? Um, I don't know if it's call, but it's definitely not warding away. It's usually when people start going mad or bad things start happening after that shows up. Is it a sign that I'm thinking like heraldry, like like this is marking his possessions or even his presence? I'm really not sure. Um, Chambers in the book, um, it sort of showed up a couple times, and then as soon as it did, everything went wrong. Well, or don't bad. love that. I'm watching the finger. It When it finishes the symbol as it was on all of the places that I've seen it, what does it do? That's it. It just draws that and stops. Can I still see the imprint of the finger anywhere? Like, the finger just hovering there? No. You see the smudge on the glass. When I have a second, I'm going to kind of pull Reagan aside and mention that I recognize the symbol from that book on the ring of the finger. And do you think that's relevant? It's a seal of Solomon. I recognize it as the seal of Solomon or? Yes. Does Reagan know what that means? Yes. It's a, often used in goetic mysticism. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure everything is relevant. So... Hey, Rowan. Hmm? Um, the ring that was on the hand? Yes. Uh, I recognize it from a book that I got while looking into the book about the hound. It's called The Seal of Solomon or The Ring of Solomon. If that, I'm not sure if that's relevant, but it seemed more information is good. Do you still have the book that you got that information from? Uh, it's at my apartment. We might want to look at it. I can see if Baz can bring it. Appreciated. All right. And Rowan will will reach out and just like lightly touch the symbol with her fingertips because she's curious. When you touch it, the glass begins to form little ice crystals around it. And it's cool to touch. Should you be touching that? I mean, look at... Look up. No, probably not. Anybody want vodka? Later. (laughs) And I'll use my fingernail and scratch in the ice around the symbol to scratch the word hi, as in hello. There is a tapping on the glass right in the center of the symbol. Does it sound like pay attention to this or like Morse code? More like pay attention to this. And it's tapping with an increased frequency. Yes, we've run across this symbol several times. What do we do with it? The tapping stops and you see for a brief moment the imprint of the bottom of a fist as the glass shatters. Okay, well, 
That was much more definitive of an answer than I had hoped for. What does it mean? It means I need more vodka. It means break it. I think. I'm gonna go call my roommate, see if we can get that book. Yes, please. I step out. Okay. Um, I'm very sorry about the broken glass. I will help clean it up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let me let me get the the vacuum. Um, he goes underneath the sink and pulls out a little brush and pan and grabs a little handy vac. Yeah, I'll I'll take I'll take the pan and the little brush and get the biggest pieces that I can get up. How are there any like bigger pieces, or did this just shatter? It shattered. Jeez, he. He, she, it, they, they hit with some force. <sighs> um. Okay. Hi, Jack. Come here, Captain. Yeah, I think some kitty snuggles are in order. He walks over to, to Jack, who is loving on Reagan. He picks up the cat. I'm going to go take you away from the glass so we don't cut your little paws. But he walks away uh, with the cat. Oh, where's your collar? Oh, all right. Guess you don't want one. Walks in and, and takes him into one of the bedrooms, leaving you out in the living room. I'll go ahead and call Baz uh, from the front porch. Hey. Hey, Baz. Uh, how are you? How's it going? Good. In between classes right now. Sorry. Um, I'm sorry to do this to you. I There's a... You know that weird book that I have at the apartment? That narrows it down. Um, I can... I, I need it for something that I'm working on. Um, is there any way you can bring it to me or I can meet you halfway or something? I'm in the city. It depends where you... San Francisco. Oh. Yeah, I guess I could... Do you need it tonight? Um, not... Well, as soon as I can. I can tonight sounds... Tonight should work. I mean, uh, if traffic's not bad. Yeah, I could... could uh, I could get down get down there um which but no realistically which book i mean uh facetime me when you get home and i'll point it out all right sounds good i um i should be home in uh hour and a half 90 minutes okay i'll cut the kids the kids a little short off today we'll send them home early sounds good all right see all you right. later yeah no problem talk to you later all right bye bye i head back inside what are you guys doing inside the house? Rowan's working on cleaning up the glass. Grateful to have something to do to keep her hands busy while she thinks. Ari, there's a copy of the play. I, I mean, without the cat, Reagan is going to make sure that doesn't disappear. Morum? Yeah? Did you see the ring on that hand? Yeah. Have you ever seen a ring like that before? Uh, Yoan has one. I, do, you, do you think Yoan was in the glass and now the glass is burnt? Does that mean Yoan's dead? No, I don't think so. I think that may have been Yoan. I don't think that the person whose hand that was is dead. So he's just missing. Stuck. He's somewhere else. I've edited a movie like this before. I'm not sure I like where this is going. Something about pleasures and pain and stuff and other side. You're being in a movie sucks. Like they say, truth is stranger than fiction. 
I mean, the residuals nowadays kind of suck, but hopefully no, that gets changed soon. No, I don't mean acting in a movie. I mean being in a movie. Oh, like in the plot. Yeah, I'm going to be with you on that one. 100%. So, Ari, you, you see the play there, and it seems to be there's an itch in your hand. There's an itch the back of your brain. The first thing I want to do is I want to see how many acts is it. This is two acts. I'm going to nudge Ross and stand between Ari and the door. Reagan is also eagle-eyeing Ari extremely hard. Because the one I read had two acts, but the third was missing. I want to start looking. Is this the same layout? Are there things in there that I recognize? Just sort of skimming it, not reading it. This one is different. This one does not have Camilla or Casilda in it. This has Uat and Castellan and the Stranger. But how can it be without Casilda and Camilla? The only time I've ever realized that was when Peter's cut out all the female characters in the 80s. This copy is the Peter's version. It's the full version of Peter's. On the very last page, it says, See Act 3, Jans has it. Jans Peters has Act 3. Jan... Wait, it, it must be in the mausoleum. He was buried with it, just like David Garrick. There's David Garrick. David Garrick was, um... He was buried in uh, the late the late 1770s in Poets Corner with with Shakespeare's copy of or his rendition of the King in Yellow. But resurrection men got him and they got the text, but the body was still there. So he wasn't used for medical training. He was but it was stolen. Okay, there was a lot there. Shakespeare wrote a version of this. Well, yeah, or it was... <laughs> let's, let's not rabbit trail on that just yeah. yet. There's a lot there. But the fact that someone was buried with it again, and the third act, that's the one I haven't read. That, that's the missing piece. That's, that, that's the Holy Grail. We, we don't know that Jans was buried with it. This could have been written when Jans was still alive. I mean, that's the best lead uh, we have, honestly. Yeah. Well, how old, how old was that? That that's Johan's handwriting. How old was Johan? He's in his early fifties. Okay, so maybe, but I mean, Peter's died in the eighties. Yeah, you're right. It's it's the best lead we have, but you know. So I mean, unless sure. you wrote Wait, that did when you he was say 10. the eighties were four? Did you say the eighties were forty years ago? Yeah. Slug. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was born in 96, and yeah. Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> as as Morum pours another shot, takes a shot, puts down the glass, and just grabs it. Keep going. This bottle's going to be empty real soon, and I'm not going to be really... I mean... I I'm 28. I don't. I don't get it. But okay. I'm. They're just sad because time carries on. Right. 
it's not worth digging into. Um, Carry on my way. So, just just sorry. remember, your generation is ruining the world. Debatable. Seriously um, debatable, but we can leave that alone. <laughs> okay, Boomer. There'll be peace when you are gone. Technically, he's a millennial. Mm, Boomer's a mindset. So, Act 3... Don't you cry no more. Act 3, yes. Thank you, Reagan. We would love to get our hands on that. We have exactly one lead on where Act 3 might be, so it's the one we're going to have to pursue. Um, As for the other characters you mentioned, is there uh, a significance to pulling certain characters and inserting new ones? So the stranger shows up sometimes and Uot or Uot is usually one of the brothers or the princes. Sometimes there's two of them, like the elder and younger Uot. But Casilda and Camilla are the key figures because Casilda is the queen, right? And Camilla is the lust object or the princess. And this is the thing. The king in yellow has to have a queen. That it's key. The has to have a queen. So if okay, I'm gonna go non-academic here, but maybe cutting out the women got him angry. It's a hypothesis. Because that's one of the things. It's not just always there in every version. It's like the point a lot of times is who's the queen or what is the queen doing so this is essentially completely changing the story not just the story that everything well it's a play the story is everything yeah the the core component is that it is a story so if the king's story is not being told correctly or in essence is being morphed into something that is not his story anymore but that's not the version that Johan was doing, because we know that two women were cast as those characters. No, this Correct. this is Peter's version. Right. Didn't you say you'd already read Peter's version? No, I read the Betancourt script. Then, then how do you know this is Peter's version? It's signed. I, it says by you. It's a, it says right there. We we know this is Peter's version based upon our previous searching for it. So, so presumably Johan's version is still on the laptop. Yeah. Is it, is it going to be useful to go through and find out what's different between them? Yeah. I mean, probably a lot. Um, possibly. I will just say this as a blanket statement. Are we sure we want to do deep dive literary analysis between versions of a play that drives people insane? Yes. Second it. No. I was going to. Yeah, no. So, um, what other options? Because it's important, you know, uh, and you, if you need to get in, uh, Red Barchetta. Red, Red Barchetta is his password. Capital R, capital B for Barchetta. Thank you. How do you spell that? Like the Rush song. Oh, that one. We probably... I mean, that might be dancing a little bit close to the line of sanity. It may not be the wrong choice, but I do want people to understand that this is a risk. 
before we take this on. River. We'll want to make sure that we have a controlled environment to a degree as well. I don't think this is something we need to go oh, deep into right no, no, now. No, 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 but, not right um, now, but I mean, this is this is the most, like, having two versions together like this, you don't understand how hard it is. The versions are, like, taboo and were destroyed and they're all missing. It's nearly impossible to find one. I don't know how I just stumbled on one. Ari? Yeah? There might be a very good reason why they have been destroyed. Dr. Harper was trying to destroy copies. Yeah, there might be groups of people like us going around and finding them and destroying them. But how do... Can we... We can't just assume that. We, we don't know. We're not, but that's why we have to be very careful. Okay, I'm not saying I'm going to read it right now. I'm just saying that this is... I know, but you're, you're very enthusiastic about this topic, and I can kind of see that this is one of these things that is really interesting and important to you, so I just really want to make sure we're on the same page about how we're going to do this I mean, I'm writing my as carefully as we I'm can. I'm writing my thesis on it. This is kind of my life. <laughs> let, let, let me just put this out here. I, I know from experience that reading certain books can have consequences worse than just, you know, running away screaming. Okay, you weren't actually screaming, but you were thinking about screaming, I could tell. This is because of the boomer's comment, right? No, he's no. right. Okay. I've seen it. But on the other hand, if we're not going to compare the versions and go find Act 3, I mean, what else are we going to do? I don't... What other leads do we have? It's true. We are a little short on options. And... You know, even without Act 3, I mean, it's 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 been a long time since I took English Lit, but uh, Act 1 and 2 should be setting up the, the, the problem that gets solved in Act 3, right? So what is the problem that that is associated with this story? What needs to be fixed? Well, it depends on the version, but it's lost Carcosa and... The king has to have a queen, and they have to be unmasked. The king and queen have to be unmasked? No, the... No, when when the Phantom of Truth arrives and at the ball or the mask, and they realize he has no mask, and that the whole point is about him forcing them to unmask or inspiring them to unmask, and the question about what is the mask... What does it mean? It's, it, it, remember, this is like versions of it that came down and spread out and changed over time. It's not one play. There's, there is a truth in there, but it's so lost through time and versions and mutations of it. We don't know. All right, we're we're losing daylight. If we do want to go back to the to the cemetery graveyard thing, lovingly, I don't know if we're gonna get what we want during the daylight. Yeah, I don't think that Cornelius guy is gonna let us open up wherever the no. body is. Not a chance. So we're going to become resurrection men briefly. And look, if it makes you feel any better. It, we can treat this like 
that old movie with the guy in the hat where we find the Holy Grail and then have to leave it there once we understand it. That will be dependent upon the other things that are there. Yes, very much so. Um, I worked on some of the editing, uh, editing of that. Damn. That's really cool. It, that was the best one in the whole series. Truly. It was a series? <sighs> All right, Ari. Let's, let's get you going. Would it be possible to take the play and, and have the copy that Johan was working with emailed to us? We don't need to take the whole laptop. No, no, I'm not opening that thing up. You guys go right ahead. All right. And Ari, you are going to be allowed to look at this once we have the whole thing, but there will be very, very strict controls put around that because I've watched River dive into a book and be unable to be reached, so... Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's settled, and I'll take the laptop and the bound play and put it in the briefcase, close it up, lock it, hand the key to Reagan. Got it. Safety pocketed. Morum nods at you as as you leave. Uh, if you could bring that back, that would be good. But whatever we could do to find find him. I promise you I will do my best to return everything that we are borrowing. And this is a borrow. Okay. I know Johan is weird and and people he he's not he's not for everybody, but he is one of my best friends, so please, please, please. Please bring him back. We will do our absolute best. And frankly, even if he was one of the worst people in the world, I don't know that I'd want to leave him wherever he is. Thank you. Of course. So, with the credit for the rideshare, are you going to use that to get back to where you were at before? Uh, yeah, might as well at this point. Can we get a driver? Is it transferable to a driver? No. Okay. Sorry. The driverless vehicle shows up once again. It's getting later in the day, and you arrive back at the mission. Please exit the vehicle and look both ways. Thank you for riding with us. All right. Do we want to find somewhere to loiter until it's properly dark? Or until uh, Mr. O'Keefe leaves? What time is it exactly? It is about five, quarter to six. It's getting dusky dark. If and when Baz FaceTimes me, I will help him find the book that I'm talking about. Baz calls you as soon as you are about to walk into the cemetery area. I will answer it. All right, so which book are we talking about? I will caveat that I will, would have stepped away from the group because I don't know if Rowan wants to be seen, knowing what I know. And I will answer it, and then I will direct Baz to where I would have kept it and help him find it. This thing's heavy, dude. Yeah, I know. It's old. They make books weird back in the day. All right, well, I'm tossing it in, tossing it in the bag. I'm tossing it in the rainbow Ikea bag. Perfect. All right, um, give me two hours, and I'll be down. Cool. Uh, I'll send you an address. All right. Sounds good. See you soon. Cool. See ya. Bye. I will send in the address of Mugs and Kisses. He gives you a thumbs up emoji. So, Ari, you ever played D&D? A couple times. Yeah, a few. You proficient in stealth? Oh, me? Yeah, you. 
Oh, no, no. I'm definitely a wizard. Noted. I learned by study and not doing. High at low whiz. That tracks. I... Uh, okay. You head into the, the cemetery and you see that the grate is wide open again and the door is slightly ajar. To the mausoleum? To the mausoleum, yes. Does it smell like death? Faintly. Old death? Like cemetery death or rotting death? Rotting death. There it is. Okay. All right. Mr. the Castilian is here. Like the character that that was in the play instead of Camille and Casilda. It's Castellan versus Castilian. That's too close for comfort. Well, a Castellan was also the governor of a castle. Words are fun. Yeah, they are. Let's not bring Cecil into this. Rowan is going to pull her jacket back from her her gun to give it her easy access to it if she needs it. Pull out a flashlight as it's getting darker. Shall we? Yeah, let's go. Allons-y. Ari looks very nervously at the gun and just sort of goes behind Rowan. You see where the camera was atop the maintenance entrance, you see the camera is no longer there. There's a post and some wires sticking out. Is the door to the maintenance area closed? No, it is slightly open. Is there any lights on over there? No. I'm going to immediately divert in that direction because now I'm concerned. You get to the door, and you post up on the door? Yeah. And look in. You don't see anyone. You check your corners. You don't see anyone. There's still one blind corner, at least. Having checked all the corners that I can, I'm going to turn and check that corner with my flashlight. You don't see anyone. The maintenance room is as you had seen it beforehand. There's a desk. There are areas of uh, tools and industrial type of shelving. Everything's fairly new from the 1980s because the 1980s is not 40 years ago. Oh, it is 40 years ago. But you do see that the desk drawer is pulled open and the locking mechanism is mangled, almost as though someone yanked open the drawer. Oh, he had the same idea I did. You rifle around through the items in the in the drawer, and you do not find the key ring. All right, um, shall we? I guess if that's a good idea, considering. Oh, it's a terrible idea, but it's the only one I have. Okay, let's go for it. Cool. You head back to the crypt. The outside gate is wide open. The inner door to the mausoleum is slightly ajar. It opens in. Who's pushing it open? The one with the flashlight and the gun? The one with the flashlight and the gun. And she is very much holding the flashlight forward in her left hand, gun on top, pointing outward with her right hand. She's gone full tack mode. It's not very big in here. And the door opens up. You scan the room quickly. There is no one here. 
you do see that there is one urn missing from atop the sarcophagus on the left, from the shelf on the left. Your flashlight rests into the northeast corner. You see some light coming in from the moon through the stained glass window, and it illuminates a large marble tile that's been moved, and there is a hole beneath with a ladder leading down. I'm Tiana Hansen, and I play Rowan. I'm Seth Jones, and I play River. I'm Joseph Newman, and I play Ross. I'm Christy Bauer, and I play Reagan. I'm Ben Soslowski, and I play Ari. I'm Dan Voshkevich, the handler. Our story is based upon the role-playing game Delta Green by Arc Dream Publishing. Delta Green is created by Dennis Detweiler, Adam Scott Glancy, and John Scott Tynes. Season 7 is an adaptation written by me, Dan Voshkevich, based on the Fragments of the King chapters written by John Wick, Toby Abad, Fabian Badia, Ben Warner, and Rob Justice. Our intros this season were written by Alondra Heilman and performed by Grant Corvin, with additional voices by John Wick, Fabian Badia, and Ben Warner. If you like our story, there are a few ways you can support us. First, you can check out our Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash theredactedreports. Patrons of our podcast will receive early access to episode, Rowan's written reports for each story, as well as other goodies and opportunities exclusive to our patrons. We offer special thanks to our $20 and up patrons, Stephen Schwartz, Danny, Tom Padula, Kit Thompson, Lady Bedeville, Heather Ney, Jen Obertaz, Bomb Clancy, Naya Fenris, Shrek Manning, Red Dead Coquette, Ginger Fury, Dr. Christian Lehman, Devils, Robbie Nowell, J. Matthews85, Flynn Gallagher, Phoenix Team Handler Dennis, Knitting Daddy Greg, Multicam Yeti, Scott Miller, Rogue, Jacqueline Parrish, and Monsieur Quack. If you can't support us directly, that's okay. Please support us by telling people about us. Leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on all the usual social media sites. Also, check out our website, www.theredactedreportspodcast.com. All of our handouts are archived there, and if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach out to Agent Harker through the contact form there. The Redacted Reports is edited and produced by Tiana Ren Hansen and is distributed by Quest and Chaos. If you like what you hear with us, give Quest and Chaos YouTube channel a visit. They play Dungeons and Dragons and Call of Cthulhu on a weekly basis and have a bunch of content archived on their YouTube channel. Additional undercurrent music, Rowan Rising, was composed and orchestrated by Alan Strickland, A-L-L-E-N. You can find him at alanstrickland.net for his classical compositions. Join us next week. In the sins of the father, retribution comes due. Beryl's spall dwindle to anxious supply, and we face a threat with such a human goal we cannot succumb lest it gluttonizes us from within and without. <laughs>